I needed this episode so badly this week. Um, Nanny in my house flooded twice, which is like... It's Passover week, so why shouldn't we have a plague happen to us twice? Um, but I got to have this awesome interview with two of my really good friends. One of them is a new friend. You know her from Summer House, Hannah Burner. She's a video content creator. She's amazing. Um, she also has her own mental health podcast called Burning in Hell, um, which you should definitely listen to. And my old friend, Gabrielle Bluestone, she's done amazing interviews with Susan Miller, Lindsay Lohan, and uh, Pierce Brosnan recently, so you can find those online. She is one of the stars and producers of Netflix Fire, the good documentary. Sorry, Hulu, but like it's the better one. Um, And yeah, we also have our live show coming up this week, which makes this week amazing. Um, It's Sunday now. Uh, The show is on Thursday, April 25th at 7.30 p.m. Doors open at 7. It's at Stand Up New York on the Upper West Side. We... um, added some more tickets so more of you can come um, and we really want to hang out with you I'm going to be on the 10 o'clock show so I'm going to be hanging out there after the show and meeting and greeting with all of you um, for no extra cost to the ticket um, and if you want even less of a cost to your ticket use our promo code How Come at standupny.com and yeah get your booties to the show it's going to be a grand old time This episode was a fucking blast, um, and we have Patreon extras because we just sat around and giggled the whole time. So if you want to hear those extras and you're not finished listening to us have the best time, go to patreon.com slash howcome and support the podcast. Um, We make all this great content for you for free, and we make a little more content for money so we can keep running the podcast. Um, So yeah, this episode, like I said, it's amazing. You're going to love it. How come? How come? How come I can't achieve? How come I can't achieve? I'm rolling up my sleeves. I'm rolling up my sleeves. Oh, baby, I believe these guests can help. Cause I can't do it by myself. I wanna just. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Hey guys, welcome back to How Come. I am very pumped for this episode. Um, you know the song, Make New Friends, but keep the old. One is silver and the other's gold. <laughs> Charlie, you know that song? Oh, it's my favorite song. And isn't it truer <laughs> than true? The most true. The most true. So today, that song couldn't be more appropriate because I'm interviewing a new friend and a very old friend. Um, she's like 90. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, my new friend is Hannah Burner. She is host of the comedy mental health podcast, Burning in Hell, and star on this season of Summer House on Bravo. Hannah Burner. Welcome, Hannah. Thanks for having me, Remy. Thank you for being here. And my very old friend, who is not actually old in age, I've just known her since I was like 11, I think. <laughs> she is a writer and executive producer of Fire, the greatest party that ever happened on Netflix, Gabrielle Bluestone. I just want to know if I'm the silver friend or the gold friend. I don't know. Like, what would you prefer? I prefer gold earrings. Could yeah. I be platinum? Yes. Ooh. Ooh. Yes. That's but I great. still want to be gold. Um, I owned it. You're the queen of owning it. I'm oh, thank you. Really looking, I, I'm loving this season of Summer House because of you. It makes me so happy. When I met Remy, you don't know if people watch shitty reality TV, so I wasn't going to like go like, hey, by the way, but she mentioned something about Bravo, and yeah. I was like, hey, I have a secret. Yeah, because you weren't <laughs> on it yet. I wasn't, I can't, they don't let you tell anyone. Like, it's really, and I have a loud, loud mouth, so yeah. everyone I see, I'm like, oh my God, I want you to tune in, but 
You've been enjoying it. I've been really enjoying. Gabby, you also watch a lot of Bravo. Every show. That makes me so happy. That, this is the third season, right? Yeah. This should have been the first season. I wish I they would just get rid of the I first agree. Two. It takes a while for a show to get its shit together. And realize they need to cast fire correctly. Yeah. yeah. There are no actual New Yorkers until you. Thank you're you. the first New Yorker well, I, on a show about the Hamptons. I mean, my grandpa's had a house in Shelter Island since the 70s. Like, mm-hmm. it's just part of New York culture that if you're in the city, you go out to Long Island. You and summer. Get to the beach. You summer. And that's where I learned how to play tennis. And we also bonded about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Gabby and I played tennis as children together. And Charlotte also played tennis. Um, you guys went to Virginia Beach together, right? Oh, we yeah. did. Yeah. I took yeah. on that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's we some really intense shit. for a while. Yeah. <laughs> um, we worked at the same tennis club um, going to the Hamptons every summer yeah tennis players are psychotic and that's why yeah. i feel like we bond yeah and i feel like i always i think i talked about this on your podcast but that i lack mental toughness <laughs> 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 and you're so self-aware but like literally like i've always been like pretty good naturally at sports like gabby and i figure skated together like i picked it up pretty that's quick t- but like the second i pick it up and then there's like a a one difficulty, bit of one tiny bit of pressure, one kind of competition or whatever. Like, I'm like, I'm out. Tennis will test you to your physical and emotional limits. I mean, it's the loneliest sport. You're just like a crazy person alone on one side of the court talking to yourself. Literally. Like, I become the Unless craziest play version of myself. And Double. then you hit your partner in the back of the head with a serve sometimes, 100%. which I did. I've been, yeah. <laughs> it is great to have sometimes someone Sometimes on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. But when you're singles, you've no one to blame, which sucks. Yeah. That's the only way you stay sane in team sports when you lose you go that fucking girl stephanie couldn't get her free throw together that's the difference between improv and stand-up for me like i started in improv and like i'd go to shows and stuff and i'd be like oh that show fucking sucked and it was because of the team or it was the show was great but it was because of the team and either way like you don't know was i good like i don't know and then stand-up you're like Oh, I bombed. <laughs> you know when you oh, I bombed. But I love that you brought that up because tennis, tennis and stand-up are so similar. I dated a stand-up and he was like, oh, it's tough to go. I'm away every weekend. And then like I'm training all week, basically yeah. like 15 <laughs> sets a week. And I'm like, you're speaking to the choir. I'm at the gym doing mics. <laughs> doing mics just lifting that set, you know. Set, yeah. set, set. But I was like, yeah, growing up every day I train. And then on the weekends I travel for tournaments and I'm alone. And then when I lose, I don't want to talk to anyone. When you bomb, you don't want to talk to anyone. Like, I get it. Yeah. Your ex was on this podcast. Oh, yeah. So I'm not going to say who, but we I talked about listen to something it. where I had said that I think I was, like, laugh shamed by my mom. And, like, I couldn't. <laughs> like, no, but literally. Like, she'd be like, you laugh so loud or whatever. And then oh there was God. another thing. Um, when I played tennis, I would grunt. Mm-hmm. And she'd go, yeah, you have to laugh. Okay, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um but when I, I just laughed shamed myself with the you mic. did <laughs> you did you're like it was, was like, too loud like, <laughs> <laughs> no this is an important point you're making yeah and no so my mom when I grunted or whatever once she was like that's not a real grunt or whatever or like oh you really grunt like that and it just made me be like oh should I not it's like, like having an orgasm a guy being like are you faking that yeah is that is that really how you sound and you'd be like should I also not? like I don't know how I sound it's a it's a reaction to the moment that when you're in the present moment you want it to come naturally totally when you're at like even Maria Sharpova with her grunting mm-hmm. oh people focus on it so much <laughs> and granted yeah part of it is like 
Again, but guys grunt too. Yeah. Guys definitely grunt, but God forbid the girls are grunting. Yeah. It's it's like me dropping the F bomb and stuff or talking about dicks or talking about farting. It's like these things have to be destigmatized because women can do whatever the fuck we want. A hundred percent. Did you ever play any team sports, either of you? Um, I was on swimming team, but that wasn't but like a real team. Yeah. I played team sports, but I turned them into individual sports and get in trouble. <laughs> so that's why I ended up with tennis. I was yeah. like playing softball and I would pitch and then like try to get the ground ball and then try to run and tag the girl out. And the other parents were like, this girl is a ball hog. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? That shows some things people hate you. And then you play tennis and people are like, this girl's really independent. Yeah. <laughs> so ch- you just have to like find the world in which you fit in. Exactly. Yeah. I also just want to throw in there that she was going to go pro and has played on a boys team. Yeah, I think when I was 16, I played for the Beacon School on the Upper West Side. Mm-hmm. And they didn't have a girls team, so I was on the guys team. And we won the city championship, and there was issues. This what? is the first time that, like, the coaches have an issue when we won. Uh-huh. They go, it's not fair that you got this girl ringer on your team. Because, like, we would have put our girl ringers on our team. What? And it, like, caused this we, weird we controversy. We just had these amazing girls waiting in the wings that, yeah. like, we weren't using. Yeah. And now we're going to bring it up. So it was this incredible controversy that made me realize, like, holy shit, sexism is still a thing. Even though totally. tennis is not a physical, like, contact sport. And they were trying to say that. It was a lose-lose for the guys that, like, if they beat me, it's like, well, they beat a girl. And if I win, it's really bad. But I would argue it's a lose-lose me playing against these, like, 14-year-old boys who don't... I was playing international tennis. I was ranked top 15 in the nation. Damn. So when I'm playing these guys, if I were to lose to them, I'd kill myself. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, it was this weird interaction of, like, just because you're a man, you're playing... A, this is a mental game. I will fuck with your head until you want to cry and break your racket. Were the guys on your team weird to you? The guys on my team loved it. That's the guys nice. on my team would fuck with other guys. Like, we'd get on the court and the guy would be like, hey, take it easy on her, knowing that the guy was going to get, like like really psychotic really yeah abused yeah because i trained with guys my whole life okay so also i was used to being with men in a way where it was like not sexual it was like we're just training and i want to be accepted for my skills i've known then i have a crush on like one of the hot ones yeah see okay this is where gabby and my tennis life come in. like we yeah, mostly guys- played with boys yeah um can you say like yes, yes. or so? okay great um, <laughs> she's just like boy Gabby's she's like, like she's lying she's lying she's just nodding um so yeah we played on like a mixed team and like I feel like I was at crushing on boys all the time so that like my tennis game would fall behind because I'd be thinking about what skirt am I gonna wear am I gonna wear makeup is it am I gonna let it like stream down my face like this and mascara tennis guys are I was the opposite I was like I need to play well so these boys notice me oh, it drove that's me what you were doing <laughs> but, but it, were you beating them um I, I was I was like a decent tennis player mm-hmm. it and was we, more I, I I'm like a perfectionist so I was like I need to hit every ball really well mm-hmm. I don't care if I win or not but like my my form has to be perfect and I have to do everything it's perfectly. so funny I was the opposite like my I they called like winning ugly was my thing like I didn't care how I won I would underhand serve I would do like <laughs> I would be insane I'd be the ugliest player as long as I won like I would start hitting lefty if like I was like I didn't give a shit Hilarious. like my strokes were not considered beautiful mm-hmm. by any means okay so now I'm like wow Gabby was impressing the guys with skill I should have been doing that all along <laughs> now you're regretting everything <laughs> um but we literally like we'd have crushes on our 
instructors. And instructors are always so hot. They're like these like foreign or just like college dudes. None of them have their shit together. So no. they're very accessible. And they're <laughs> but perfect you bodies. think that they're so cool. And they tell you what to do. You're like, do I need to bend more? They can get you do free it. snacks from the snack bar. <laughs> <laughs> the first person that went down on you was a tennis instructor so and true. on a tennis court. Was exactly. it good? Um, okay. So this is a story. Uh, we were we were away on vacation. My mom always wanted Charlotte and I to be like active on vacation, not just like losing our mojo. Make you run the treadmill? Like she she made a tennis appointment for eight o'clock every morning, just to be sure that your little sixteen year old wasn't getting fucked up at night. Ms. Like she's got to she got to wake up in the morning and play tennis for Brutal. two hours, but. Ooh, the boy was a fine. Um, Walker, if you're out there, still one of the hottest people I've ever hooked up with. <laughs> yeah, he was like this older uh, instructor. And I was like, this is great incentive to wake up in the morning. And like we th- throughout the week, we fell in love. And so, Would you like talk to so him during I the lessons? Yeah. And Charlotte like hated it because like he was like giving me attention. She'd be like, I'm 10 and I'm working on my forehand. I was like, (laughs) I need to play USTA matches when I get back. Pay attention. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, we ended up hooking up. And then one night he was like, meet me at the tennis courts. And I was like, okay. Yeah. And so we were making out and then he went down on me and that had never happened to me before. And Were you not scared? I was terrified. Like you pee with that thing. I was terrified. <laughs> and I my legs were shaking. Like nobody had ever told me about, like, I guess I knew other people were doing oral, but it was always like girls blowing guys. Like none of my friends yeah. ever came to me like, I got this amazing head. The other, like that wasn't happening. Yeah, there wasn't even a word for it. Yeah. And like. He's also going down on that's that's a verb. Let's get a word for it that yeah. we're using. And also these were like, like romantic. <laughs> <laughs> these were not like romantic stories that you were hearing. I feel like we often heard stories about like girls in cabs on the way to homecoming. Yep, it was never exactly. like with your boyfriend who you love. Yeah, and- or like somebody who wants to pleasure you, not just somebody who wants to like get all up in your vag and look and then tell his friends about it after. Yeah, it's always like our performance. It's never about their performance. Totally. So I was terrified the whole time and afterwards did you ever think you're gonna tell him no like i don't want to do it um no because i always had like this like checklist mentality that i was just like okay i'll just get it over with and then like eventually like i'll get good at it when the time comes yeah and so i was like oh great okay this is happening to me i'm going to sloppy third with a boy mm-hmm. on my end sloppy i had, hadn't gone to sloppy third um like i hadn't had sex yet i hadn't given a blowjob yet like it was like it was really nerve wracking and my legs were shaking and it was so scary and then afterwards he's like was that the first time that's ever happened to you? And I was like, no. <laughs> You're like, I'm a slut. No. I, w- I love that. <laughs> this happens every day. <laughs> I do want to <laughs> I do want to ask what's the difference between third and sloppy third? Third is fingering and handies. Sloppy third is face on gens. Ah. I always say yeah. third base is showing him how messy my room actually is. <laughs> that's my tweet. That's your tweet. Yeah. Um, that's true intimacy. That's true intimacy. When Ben and I first hooked up, he came to my house and the most beautiful romantic thing he said to me was, oh, I have the same plate with old ketchup on it in my room. <laughs> oh my God. But that could be a disaster because I kind of want to do to us his shit together if my shit's not together. It's been nice though because it's like both of us like policing each other like every oh, other like day. Like help I'm other. the lazy, he's the lazy. I don't want a judgy guy who's like, oh, you forgot your keys again. I know Typical. I shouldn't be taking romantic lessons from Sounds of the Lambs, but mm. there was... <laughs> <laughs> there was um, a really good explanation, I think, of roller pigeons in that movie where he was saying, um, 
there are deep divers and regular diver roller pigeons. And if the deep divers mate, um, mm-hmm. then their child will crash into the ground. So you need like one of the high oh, flyers and the low flyers. Yeah. Interesting. So Hannibal Lecter. Are you in relationship right now? No. No, no. she's saying that we're... <laughs> I'm going to say one of you is going to murder the other we're, one. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I can't wait to watch it. Maybe. Netflix. Watch out, Mrs. DeMarco. But it's funny, now that we're older, like 27, we're not dealing with first. We've all had like different sexual experiences. I, I do like to think of the bases in an emotional way of like, when do I tell him my trauma from childhood? Yeah. Like, that's what I care about when I talk to my friends. Now it's like, you guys are going to fuck, but like, where are you at emotionally with him? Like, do you talk? Do you show him? Do you FaceTime with no makeup? I think that's yeah. second base. Yeah. And if you can't do that, he's not the one he's for not you. The one for that's you. your tweet. That's your tweet. <laughs> I have a story like that, actually. I had been dating someone, uh, like, seriously, and I, you know, but for some reason, so I went to Burning Man, and he insisted on... For picking- some reason, I went to Burning Man. Well, okay. <laughs> yes, I, I can't tell you why I did, um, but he insisted on picking me up from the airport, which was, like, a very sweet, romantic thing to do, but I was coming off a week in the desert I hadn't showered like I didn't have any clean clothes or makeup raw so I had like an hour before I had to go to the airport for my flight and I went to a salon in Reno and got my hair blown oh. out and my nails done and then played it off like oh no I just got off the plane like this is this what is I me. look like mm-hmm. yeah like oh I'm I- only wearing mascara like I didn't How do anything long in the relationship was that like probably six months in, mm. it just seemed I, like it seemed like the normal thing that I had to do. Like, oh, I'm not, I'm not gonna. Deep down, were you like unshowered. pissed that you had to do it at all? Like, kind of annoyed. Uh, it was a weird thing because, like, I wanted to accept this romantic gesture. Honestly, I would rather that he not bothered and, like, I go home and mm. then we meet up later. I always yeah. found with guys that I was most insecure about because there was something off with us. Like, they weren't making me feel, like, seen or valued. Mm-hmm. I always felt like I had to wear makeup. Totally. Like, That's what I meant by the tweet. Like, I didn't mean, like, the guy did anything wrong. It's just, like, when you feel... Sometimes I feel prettier without makeup around the right guys. Yeah, like definitely. I definitely feel, and then like when I do wear makeup sometimes, it's just a different side to me, but it's not prettier or less pretty. Yeah. But like when a guy makes you feel beautiful with no makeup, it just feels safe. It's and it so feels nice. Calm. Yeah. And it's the expectation too that I think, I mean, is a societal thing. Like I think about, um, I don't know if you both watch Mrs. Maisel. I need to watch but it. But basically like it's in the 60s and like she goes to sleep with a full face of makeup on or whatever. And then her husband goes to sleep and then she goes to the bathroom, takes off her makeup and then she returns uh and goes to sleep and then she wakes up an hour before him puts on her makeup gets back into bed Do you remember at camp she was actually a tennis player too there was a girl in our bunk or in one of the bunks yeah. who would wake up it was all girls and she would wake up yes. an hour early yes. and do makeup and then pretend she had woken up like that mm-hmm. i don't know wh- like i don't know who it's, she was and even, even for other women though it's mm-hmm. it's saying like i'm the ideal type of woman mm-hmm. Hannah, you are very different from most of the women that bravo casts you're the first one i've seen to not wear makeup mm-hmm. several times which i am real proud of and real Thank excited you. for because i'm no makeup rent i love that you noticed that yeah and you still look great and stuff and it's because i was tan but thank you mm, it helps um, it helps tan towels you guys don't use the sun oh, sorry <laughs> <laughs> wait wait go back to that point like you literally got shamed for not being girly enough like two episodes ago mm-hmm. has that been something that you've noticed throughout your entire life that people think that you're not girly enough because you're an athlete wow this is turning into a therapy session in the best way because <laughs> so many times people try to put women in a box yeah and they're like oh you're not supposed to do that and like if you're too successful or too bossy people find issues with it yeah and if, when you're doing well 
people try to bring you down, guys and girls. Yeah. And I think on the show, I had a real issue with this girl, Lindsay, who, uh-huh. let's be honest, she had, she's girlified herself. Mm-hmm. So she was like very cute, beautiful girl. Yeah. Naturally, really She pretty. was like giving us Kristen Cavallari realness. Yes. 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 <laughs> so then she got a, a boob job done. Nothing against boob jobs. Mm-hmm. Then got her hair platinum blonde. Nothing against dying your hair platinum blonde. I did that. I regretted it. (laughs) (laughs) But she clearly wanted to change something about herself to make herself feel more girly and accepted by society. That's what I think. It's like to fit the fuck in. And especially in that like Hamptons culture, like did you ever feel like we had to like keep up with the Joneses or like be different? We were in in an interesting spot, I think, because we were out there and we were city kids going out to our parents' house, but we were also working at a tennis club with all locals. We were hanging out with East Hampton High School kids. Mm. We were in a a very weird in-between. But I was just thinking about this not to get too, you know, into therapy. But oh, no, um, you can never get too. I think her whole podcast is on mental oh, health. Well, then to yeah. delve right I want to get into the dark. Yeah, let's um, get dark. I think, I think people tend to be upset by other people. Like they're upset by things that they are bothered by in themselves. Yep. So that makes Ooh. a lot of sense with kind of Lindsay, you know, challenging the way that you present yourself because she was so uncomfortable well, with that. And I've never met her and there's no armchairs on my chair, but mm-hmm. I'm getting a little armchair psychologist. <laughs> yeah, here. Yeah. Well, it's funny because when I confronted her, because basically if you haven't seen the episode, she yeah. was saying stuff like, oh, you dress like a boy. You're not feminine enough. She's she, like, oh, I love that you're wearing a skirt tonight. You're finally a girl. <laughs> and it, it was so And a- also absurd. trying to say that you had no game in dating. Also, it's like, look, I have to say, I was playing chess. That bitch is playing checkers. I knew what the fuck I was doing. But I think that, like, yeah, like I have fun with flirting and I joke and I don't take it very seriously. And she was like, you need to learn how to flirt. And yeah. I was like, you You're need like, to I learn just how someone. to let me have fun. <laughs> <laughs> you need, like, life is boring and it's fun when a guy who's like relatively tall is in your vicinity and you could just fuck with him just because it's like you're feeling the hormones and you're having a good time. Yeah. And so then she final straw she went up to my dad and said we're trying to girlify her which you don't see which was really nice my dad pulled me aside after and was like don't change yourself for anyone which is very nice for everyone who has daddy issues including myself to hear from your own father yeah um arguably he wants me to like stay his like little tennis player forever which is i'll talk to my therapist about that another time (laughs) yeah (laughs) but with her i think like she's on the wrong side of history sure with gender roles it's like people gave women these gender roles before we were like allowed to vote and all this stuff like we have to look a certain yeah. way and it's like women are different now honey we don't have to feminine is changing the idea I of know. what feminine is it's so much more complex and i ultimately just think it's being comfortable in your own skin as a woman whatever that is because that confidence and belief in yourself just goes so much further than fitting in totally i like i just remember growing up and being like okay i'm gonna have to be a certain type of woman if i ever want to like land a man and a man is what kind of woman did you think you'd have to be just like one who didn't curse one who didn't talk about my vagina on a podcast (laughs) love it um like just like a quieter one um one who was probably in like a more serious job um or had no job and like just was going to be the perfect one to like rear children or whatever and now it's like oh I love that ha- you said rear rear yeah i'd fart them out of my ass and then i'd bring them up <laughs> <laughs> um but now it's like oh my god look how, how the world has changed that like you find the person that fits with you like i used to like be like oh i have to hide who i am 
you know, like when I'm flirting, like upfront, and then like eventually, like I'll have to trick them into dating me, and then I can show my true self. That's, yeah, you have to trap his ass, and then when he's trapped, <laughs> then like next thing you know, you fart in his face accidentally, and it's like, well, <laughs> we're stuck with me. But no, you but gotta no. fart in the beginning, day one, day and then one. he's like, I'm down, and you're like, I love you. <laughs> I farted in a guy's face when he was going down on me. <laughs> stop well no i was like you know like you're like trying too hard to orgasm like you're trying and yeah. you're like pushing in weird places and then i um yeah it just came out and it ruined the mood for that day but i think how i handled the situation <laughs> i think made him like me more yeah because like it's confidence to fart in a dude's face and then be like <laughs> yeah it, and it was a little one it wasn't like I wasn't trying to fart in his face. It was a little bit of air. Yeah. I'm also not big on guys going down on me. I know that's so crazy. It's my own Boy. it's my own issues. If we're gonna get into it. I mean, it. I'm not saying that from a place of judgment. Like I that's still super common. I, well, I yeah. primarily come from clitoral orgasms. Mm-hmm. And I think that like a guy putting his face in my vagina like first couple times hooking up is so, so intimate. Yeah. And I'd rather just like tell him exactly how to make me orgasm by fingering me because I know how to like, I know what to tell. Oh, you to can do. digital, I'm digital get down. Yeah, I'm a okay, coach. great. I'm like left, right, left, right, slow, <laughs> slow, slow, fast, done. And oh. then I'm like, I train him, and then he's great. Have you always known what to do for yourself in that arena? I didn't orgasm until I was 18. What? I mean, I'm I, I, like, I was 28. I don't know why. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, wow, like, oh, interesting. Somebody's a fucking how rude. Was, how did it happen? I well, like my parents raised me very like gender neutral, and yeah. that like. They wanted me to be kind, hardworking, yellow good at room. sports. <laughs> yellow room. <laughs> yeah. Also, part of my self-esteem was through tennis. Like, yeah. That was what my ego was. I never thought about, like, am I pretty today? I was like, am I going to win my match today? That's yeah. just what my mind was obsessed with. Yeah. Therefore, like, the reason why I don't care to wear makeup a lot is because I don't look at myself that much. Mm-hmm. My mm-hmm. Ac- a self-esteem is, like, in other fucked up things. Sure. It's just, like, I put my anxiety into other things, not my weight and my face. Yeah. More like, am I funny? And am I winning? Am I winning? <laughs> yeah. It's fucking sick in the head. Do I have a follower today who's new? (laughs) But, and that's why I'm like, you can say like, I'm very type A and like driven for success. And I also think that's why Lindsay had animosity towards me. Cause I think that she had put in like all this money and work. And I was just like waking up and like farting and just being like comfortable with yourself. And and how unnerving is that when you're not comfortable? And I'm not shaming people that are putting that effort in. I want them to just look inward and be like, why am I doing this? And maybe there's other stuff that I have to work on, like maybe feeling accepted by my family or, yeah. you know, working on past breakups so that you feel that confidence because there's nothing more beautiful than someone who's comfortable. Yeah. Well, you know, my my yeah. mom pointed something out to me recently that kind of blew my mind. Um, and she's mentioned this a couple of times, but like these girls that I had known growing up and even now who are, you know, considered the hot girl of the group. Um, my mom was always like, you know, there's nothing special about these people. Yeah. Like they're just confident. Like that's the only difference. Yeah. Yeah, um, but they've been also given confidence because the second you see them, you're like, oh, pretty. I trust you. That's like a literal. Well, I think that might be a chicken or egg kind of situation. It's like tall men. Tall men. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've, I had after like a bad breakup, I had tons of jokes just about like how I only fuck with guys six, two and up. Mm-hmm. And I, and I kind of convinced myself that I really believed it because I, I'd, they make me feel dainty and like, yep. I always feel like they could pick me up and I feel so feminine. But then I realized like objectifying men was just me putting up a wall emotionally. Like I've dated guys six, six. I've dated guys who are five, seven. Mm-hmm. I've really been around the block. Yeah. Um, I fuck. You fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I realized that it was just me like objectifying them and that a lot of tall dudes like are so 
they say shorter guys a might be better in bed because they like have to try, try a little harder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And tall guys sometimes like their personalities are so shitty because like also every the girl penises sees- don't line up with your body. <laughs> or if it does match up, like this last guy I dated, it literally felt like I was giving birth every time we fucked and I couldn't do it. That's a problem <laughs> for me. I don't like huge dicks and I'm sick of people making big dicks like a thing in this society. Yeah, totally. because they're also not very integral to female orgasms. Yeah. Like do you think to shape the like I way think the, the shape, dick moves? Yeah, sure. Like dependent on like how your clit is internally like rotated. Like maybe it can meet your G spot or whatever. But like yeah. it's like a puzzle piece thing. I was dating a guy with I'm gonna say eight to nine inches and like thick. Wow. Ooh. And then now I'm with a guy who's like much smaller, but he has this like thing where his dick goes up. Ooh. And it feels so much better than the other guy. And I think some women would be in pain by the thing that goes up. Like, it's just how yeah. your body fits but with that body. But also, ladies, if a guy's kind of small, you could do Pilates on that dick. <laughs> when it's big, you're just like, eh, eh, eh. But when it's small, you're like, I will do whatever I feels like on you, and you're going to love like it. a guy's ability, like, if he's a good dancer, that's a better indicator, indicator. of how it's going to be than, than and his kiss dick size. too. Oh, yeah. If you're, like, a conscientious kisser, you can usually tell that he's going to be good in bed. I also think he's... A conscious, conscient, that's a tough word. Conscientious. Conscientious. <laughs> I can't say it, so I'm just going to move past that. But that shows <laughs> how he is emotionally, too. How totally. he takes care of you emotionally. Totally. I was just thinking, okay, so you guys both got confidence from playing tennis. I, I got a lot of insecurity from tennis and sports in general. And I think now that I'm going through therapy, I, like, I'm realizing I was the first girl in my family. And that was something that was really exciting after two boys. And they always wanted to, like, girl me up and stuff. And I was a really, like, great ballet dancer. Did they dancer. call you Princess? They, my nickname was Pretty Remy. Yeah, that'll fuck you up. That fucks you that up. That will fuck your shit up. Yeah. Because what if because, you're not pretty? What if I'm not? Then who am I? And I played at this tennis club before the one that Gabby and I did in the Hamptons. And I was six years old. And everybody got medals at the end of the season most improved, most consistent, and guess what your girl got? Best dressed. Did you want that? I mean, I was, like, really flattered when I got it because I'm six and I've been told mm-hmm. my whole life that I'm pretty and mm-hmm. I'm being told again that I'm doing something good with my being looks. Being pretty puts you in such a box. Yeah, and then my mom yelled at the guy and I was like, why are you yelling at him? Well, good like, for her. Yeah, no, that was that was really good. Um But I always would think about it with sports. Um, And even when I started developing in ballet and like I was like going through puberty, I'd start sweating. My face would get red during dance and suddenly I'm not pretty while I'm dancing. I'm not pretty when I'm playing tennis. Yeah, and pretty is a social construction that's like, I mean, right now I have friends who are like, I have no hair from the eyebrows down. I'm like, that must be so painful and so hard to upkeep. But that's not natural. It's not natural beauty. Um, On that front, I used to always think about like, what did people do in the olden days? They just like, did fucked they just with their stay bushes. inside? Yeah, they just they fucked with their bushes. They didn't shower regularly. They didn't give a fuck because there was no beauty industry being like, um, you got to hide your bush. Also, your bathing suit was like a pantsuit, so it didn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> also, once I met a, a guy I was dating while I was playing tennis in college, like loved how my natural sweat, sweat smelled. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't like a weird creep. No, he that's wasn't. He literally was, I'd be like, oh, I want to shower before like we hook up. And he'd be like, I like how you smell. Yeah, if you're attracted to somebody, you're attracted to you their natural pheromones. That makes you feel yeah, the natural pheromones when you're just like, I could literally just put my armpit in your face right now and be like, yeah, you like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you like that. Have you ever smelled uh, someone's sweaty shirt because you missed them? 
hundred percent. I do that for my dog. I always give her like a wash t-shirt when I go on vacation. We're all such weird pet parents. <laughs> yeah, like pet pheromones. I will snort my cats. I smell oh Grace's God. stomach. I love her constantly. breath. Constantly. I had a friend. I had oh, a yeah. friend over the other day, and she was like, "Your dog's breath is really gross." And I was like, "Bitch, get out." <laughs> <laughs> I love my cat's little fishy breath. Yeah. Shout out to all of our pets. Butter is Hannah's cat. She's yep. so beautiful. Oh, thank you, Grace. My cat. But she's stunner. not just pretty. She's not just pretty. But ugh. That's fucked up of me. Yep, that was pretty fucked up. Continue. She's also athletic and she sits. <laughs> she's kind. And she's kind and she Empathetic. sits in a cool pose. Okay, but Colette is very pretty, not to brag. Wait, Colette? Is her is, is a the French bulldog. Name. Yeah. Oh. Oh. She's an athletic little girl. She's 25 pounds she of muscle. She is an athlete. Do you think when you raise your daughter, you'll be able to not call her pretty princess? Like, I can't even say that I would be the right person to raise a kid right now. <laughs> I think like, about this not. a lot. Um, I was reading something where it was like, it's much better to tell kids, like, not that you did a good job, but that you tried really hard. Like, yeah. you're supposed uh, to encourage the effort and the dedication well, and the determination. Don't you feel like growing up in this city, like, you were expected to try a lot, but you had to have this facade of, I didn't try at all. Oh, yeah. You have to have, like, a detached cynicism if you want to survive in New York. And, like, people will be like, oh, how'd you do on the test? Oh, I didn't study at all, but I got, like, an A. And be, oh, that's cool. Whereas you spent the last two weeks with a tutor, like, studying really hard. <laughs> Your parents spent two grand. Yeah. yeah. I, I just came out of the desert, and my hair just looks like this. I didn't try. You know, when I get waxed, I used to get waxed for, like, a boyfriend. Mm-hmm. I would get angry at him during it. Yeah. And I wouldn't want to talk to him for like that day because I'm like, you don't know what you uh, you did. And he's like, I didn't make you do anything. I'm like, you don't understand the pain. I just went through for fucking you. Yeah. And that's why I started getting laser. I was thinking about this the other day um, when we were in high school. Gossip Girl, mm-hmm. the books came out way before the TV show. And those girls were always going to Jay's sisters. Yes. And we were in freshmen in yeah. high school. And you guys live that life on... Upper East Side. Yeah. Yeah. We're, this is the least relatable bougie episode ever. Yeah. But I had 14 When I fucked that hot tennis boat pro Pedro. <laughs> when I was in the Dominican Republic. <laughs> okay, but I had 14 and 15 year old friends who were going to get waxed. They were not having sex. Oh I doubt yep. they had pubic hair. Yep. But it was like oh this God. thing They're that you had to vaginas. do if you wanted to be like an attractive woman on track to have those kind of Did relationships. Did I tell you my first J sister story? It no. was way before. It was before I got eaten out it was literally I was 14 and I went with my friend mm-hmm. my friend was dating this guy and she they were really sexually involved and stuff and she was getting regular waxes and she's like you have to do this like this is part of being a woman like you have to get waxed and I was like okay imagine guys having to get waxed every month oh my <laughs> god they can't oh even get a cold god. I'm sorry to be <laughs> but um yeah we went and I got pants down naked in front of this woman. I've never been pants down naked in front of anybody else at this point. It's so traumatizing. And she walks in and she was like, your growth is not long enough. Like, (laughs) leave and come back in a week. And so I was like, now I gotta get dressed and I don't even get to walk out here with a fresh (laughs) vagina? Like, what the fuck? (laughs) Vagine. But yeah, I have that same thing. I used to get really pissed when I was waxing or shaving or whatever. And then like, like, I've shaved my butthole just for me recently. Yeah. And that feels so much better. Sometimes you just feel like a little dirty. It's, yeah, it's whoever you feel the sexiest. I also think it's like if you think me without my legs shaved is like that big of a turnoff that you don't want to fuck me, then we're not good together. I'm Italian. If I don't shave my legs for two days, you can tell. Yeah. And like it's exhausting and I'm busy. Yeah. It's not my priority. And also I'll have friends who make fun of me if I like I didn't. And I'll be like, if you think a guy's not going to fuck me because my hair is a little, you know, long on my leg that's your problem because i'm pretty sure that he's not gonna care yeah 
I mean, that's not the part that's going to make him come. <laughs> like, I don't know who's fucking people's legs. It's my amazing personality. <laughs> Your amazing personality makes them come too. You know what also makes people want to sleep over more? Good bedding. Um, we have an exciting new promo. Best sheets ever. What kind of sheets we got? Brooklinen. Brooklinen. I'm sorry if you don't like how I said that, Brooklinen. Yeah, sorry, Brooklinen. <laughs> um, but we love Brooklinen sheets. Um, I've got two sets now um, since we did our live panel with them a few months ago. Um, if you haven't seen the live panel or heard it, you can get that on our Patreon. Um, but these sheets are amazing. Um, and here's a thought. You spend a third of your life in sheets and it's time for a bedding upgrade. So after our live panel with Brooklinen, which was amazing and we got to lay on the beds and hang out with all the companions who came out, I was like, whoa, I need new sheets. And we were like, hey, could you maybe sponsor this podcast? And they were like, yes. So now Charlotte and I are two proud owners of Brooklinen sets. They're amazing. Um, Brooklinen basically took the concept of I want amazing hotel quality sheets, but I don't want to pay the price for them. They're unreal. Um, they're machine washable. They are the winner of the best online bedding category by Good Housekeeping. Um, they have 35,000 five-star reviews, more than any other bed- online bedding company. Um, half a million happy sleepers and counting. Um, you had a, a sad day the other day because you had to br- wash your sheets and use your old sheets. It was the saddest of days. Yeah. I just slept in my old ones and I can't go back now. Yeah. I sweat so... I'm so disgusting. <laughs> but I was so sweaty. I was like, I just can't go back to my old sheets. Like, I had the best sleep yeah. in my Brooklyn sheets every night. And what's crazy is when I first came to your house, I loved your old sheets. And now I find them I heinous. Know, me too. Um, so, you guys, do you want your own Brooklyn sheets? I think you do. Our Brooklyn sheets are the best, most comfortable sheets we've ever slept on. And now it's time for your upgrade. Brooklinen.com is giving an exclusive offers just for our listeners. Our beautiful companions will get 10% off of your first order and free shipping when you use promo code HOWCOME at Brooklinen.com. I also think they have a very clever name because they started in Brooklyn and like it's linen. And so it's spelled B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N. Dot com. Um, again, that is 10% off your first order and free shipping. Promo code HOWCOME. Um, the only way to do it is to use that promo code at brooklinen.com. That is brooklinen.com. Promo code HOWCOME. Uh, Brooklinen, they really are the best sheets ever. They really are. What a punny name. What a punny name. Back to us. <laughs> um, so, I, like, I felt most of my life, Upper East Side, Hamptons life, whatever, that we're, like, maintaining this facade. Gabby has spent a lot of your professional career now talking about people's facades. Love a good facade. Love to pierce a facade. Like, first of all, this is the chick that got Billy McFarland reindicted from an article. Shouldn't have been scamming. Shouldn't have been scamming. <laughs> but, like, he had this whole facade. And it wasn't just how he looked. It was who he was friends with, where he said he came from. Do you think he's like a special person of the time or is this like symptomatic of everything that like is everybody facade concerned? Well, I'm so glad you asked. Um, I think that he is an example of an extreme version of what everyone is doing. And I've been thinking about this a lot in terms of social media and Mm -hmm. the fact that Instagram is, is basically just a resume of your personality that you're putting out for other people. Oh my God. That's so true. Get, you know, figure out who you are. Yeah. 
Um, and his whole thing was that he wanted to be a part of this stratified lifestyle. He wanted to be a jet setter. He wanted to be someone who took private jets and hung out with Kendall Jenner. And mm-hmm. he did what he had to do to live that lifestyle. Kendall Jenner sounds- yacht party, $10,000. It sounds like <laughs> the Anna Delvey story. Very much so. The Soho scammer. I don't know her. Girl. Spill. You explain. You're the um, scam queen. Oh, thank you. <laughs> uh, Anna Delvey was uh, a woman who is currently on trial. Um, she had proposed, I believe it was kind of like a Soho House style, like private arts member club. And so she was soliciting investments. She at, said she was related to some kind of royalty. Yeah. She was supposed to be some kind of European heiress, uh, which she was not. Yeah. Um, and she was living for free at a hotel, um, you, you know, claiming that she was going to pay for or that her investors were going to cover mm-hmm. it. She was going to wire and the then money. Not. Yeah, very much a Billy McFarland line. Yeah. Um, Wiring, there's always something bad when someone says wire. Yeah. yeah. And I'll arrange a comment later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but she had like gone on vacation and, and said that it was going to be on her and then her credit card was mysteriously declined and her friend had to cover this like $70,000 bill that never got paid back. And she was like bopping from different hotels. So you're just lying to everyone all the time. She was a straight time. up. And so it's kind of like Instagram where people create this whole like construction of an identity that mm-hmm. isn't fully them. And then it's like, where does it end? Because are you living your real life? Or are you trying to still fake what that is? Totally. I know that I felt very keeping up with the Joneses and facade But we were the Joneses, which is like the crazy part. Do you think so? I mean, we grew up on the Upper East Side. We were going to the Hamptons every weekend. Like we were in that lifestyle. She, so makes, the fact a, that- she makes a good point. Like people were watching Gossip Girl. Yeah. And Gossip Girl was based on like your kind of life. Totally. So like... But you guys within it, you guys were trying to keep up with yourselves, I still think. Yeah. Like, the, it's all, everyone's still trying to be the like. You're trying to I be the top. I grew up thinking I was poor and ugly because of the beauty and wealth that was around. When anyone else would be like, I want to be like Remy. I once got driven home from swim practice by someone's mom who was like on the board of Horace Mann. And she turned onto my block and like looked at me. I was like, oh, you live here? I really thought you lived in a townhouse. And like Uh, apartment shamed me. So fucked. When I was moving into my um, apartment in college, my mom made me uh, build all my furniture because that's, you you get cheap furniture and you build it or whatever. Ikea, hell yeah. And I went to BU, which is like a notoriously like snobby, you know, rich kid school or whatever. And I never felt like I fit in with all those people because- we went in the elevator after and I asked this girl and her mom, oh, how's your move going? And they're like, good, it was easy. How was yours? You guys look sweaty. And I was like, oh yeah, I just <laughs> built all my furniture. I'm so proud of myself or whatever. And they're like, why wouldn't you pay somebody for that? I will say going to college made me realize how fortunate I was. It's easy to lose track of that. You know, we weren't in the 1%, but we were definitely in the 5 or 10% growing up. Yeah. Um, but also going to the 5% in the New York City is different. Yeah. <laughs> but I do think there's so many... A lot of guys out there who, especially in this generation with women doing so well, feel so much pressure to look like a provider. Like even Mm. on Summer House, you see like Carl freaking out that he doesn't have a job. Mm -hmm. It's like, uh, calm down. Like there are women out there who like are not trying to just find men based on their financial situations. I think there are women out there for who being on a Bravo show is more than enough. You don't even need a job. (laughs) I I know so many guys out there and girls who like they say they're, you know, um, big, you know, fashion, um, 
models when it's like your parents are paying for your apartment yep. you mm-hmm. do maybe did one shoot last year yep. or like a guy or who's you like do a s- lot of shoots and your parents are paying for that but to everybody else it looks like you're really doing well or people are buying likes and followers oh my god yeah like, i have legitimate friends who are full-time influencers getting all their money from instagram who have bought all their followers and no. buy all their likes, but they're investing all the money they get from brands into them Back getting into their- So like it's a whole scam, but now brands are starting to catch up with this and there's technologies now to see how many, what percentage yeah. of your followers are real or fake. But it's important because you're, in, you're influencing people and people who are influential should have a reason they're influential. Mm-hmm. Whether totally. it's because you're really funny or cool, not just because you have money. Yeah. And I think that I know a lot of guys who are starting apps and they walk around introducing themselves, I have an app, I have an app. And it's like, you don't have an app. You have a trust fund. I think this was such an incredible documentary to show people that like shit isn't what it seems. Yeah. And it helps with mental health too. Totally. To be, and even like with people's relationships and fucking and sex, it's like, it's n- you never know what's really happening. Even yeah. college. I mean, look at the college admission scam. Some oh, of those yeah. kids didn't even know that their parents had bought them in. Mm-hmm. There was so one story. Crazy. I, I, I want to double check her name. I think it's Jane Buckingham. Okay. She was like, she wrote a guide on parenting. Mm-hmm. And this was the parent who allegedly paid someone to take the ACT for her son and then requested that they send her a copy so that she could administer it to him at home in his bedroom. Right. And she she believed that her son would believe that was a thing you because could do. Because the kid is such an idiot wow. and deserves to get into college. Yo, yeah. the way you get better in life is through adversity and these like rich parents need to let their kids fail. Sorry. I used to think that we were doing poorly because other people's parents would like essentially buy them a career and I'd be like oh fuck I'm so behind how many girls own fashion brands yeah that are making no money I'm sorry for calling people out but no, I'm just saying you like, have to. like you feel good because your Instagram says founder of this bikini line or like these bloggers that are like oh you've all asked my secrets um I had a no million dollars. That's how or, I have such great fashion. Like, Everyone's been asking about my daily regimen. No one's been asking about your daily regimen. Yeah. <laughs> no one asked. Literally zero. <laughs> but I love that you brought up the Carl um, page flirtation thing. And like he didn't think it was like he wasn't manly enough or like didn't have a job. So he can't be courting her or whatever. When all the girl wanted was a text, a text. over the weekend. <laughs> she didn't need dinner. She wanted a text during the week because they'd flirt on the weekends. And then during the week, he would just like not put in any effort and she's like i can't just turn it on during the week if you want because girls have to be emotional yeah. like i don't want to just fuck you if i feel like you're not into me also it doesn't turn you me want on somebody who's going to be able to be with you on the weird times or whatever like i started dating ben when i knew he was a struggling stand-up comic but if you have faith in like the person you're with they have talent they have a future whatever like you'll be good like it shouldn't be like this is coming so full circle because all these people are doing these things to be liked girls Mm -hmm. are getting boob jobs to be liked billy mcfarlane is saying he runs a company to be liked when it's like if you just accept who you are authentically and like you met ben when he was Mm -hmm. at his rawest Mm -hmm. that's when you get real connection yeah and it's like you are gonna make the realest friendships because they like your realest version of you Gabby also, knows me. You yeah. like your realest version. <laughs> you like your realest version of you. Yeah. Isn't isn't like your most happiness when you're like with your family, with your friends, and putting zero effort? 
Yeah. It's exhausting to perform your whole life. Totally. Like whether it's in the bedroom trying to be something you're not mm-hmm. or whether it's scamming an entire nation. Yeah. It's exhausting. <laughs> I think that's one of the reasons you and I were such good friends and stayed such good friends over the years is because you and I were very willing and excited to just be weird with each other. Yeah. And like make those jokes that we weren't sure anyone would laugh at or, you know, Write a movie about flags. how Mick Jagger is going to rise out of the ground and ask you to dance with him. And Gabby, <laughs> dance. That's a genuine fantasy Debbie, that's that I had. so funny. I dance wanted the everyone, Bruce Springsteen, Debbie. Courtney Cox moment. But with Mick Jagger, I was like 14 years this old. Is a complex Like I need the 65-year-old man in my life. No. But also it takes place at, you know, the um, baseball field in East Hampton? Yeah. Where they you now play artists and writers baseball game every year. <gasps> um, the stage would erect out of that as we were smoking in the field and Mick Jagger would say, Gabby! The spotlight would shine down <laughs> on Why me. am I turned on right now? Right? It'd be pretty good. <laughs> Maybe we should make this movie. I we have a few more years while he's still I know, with companions, us. write in. Are you interested in this film? Um, Please at Mick Jagger. <laughs> <laughs> but another moment in sports and sexism was you played on Artists and Writers. The It's like a baseball softball game for noteworthy writers, um, artists, against each other there's some big time ones in the hand big time names i'm gonna give a really quick history because it's actually kind of fascinating it started i think in the 50s 60s um with like really cool artists who just happened to be out there and they were just doing it for fun like jackson pollock would play and yeah this is also before the hamptons was so commercial it was mostly farmland and yeah you know uh who were the sisters um gray gardens kind of oh edie like dilapidation (laughs) (laughs) why don't we it's it was little, a great guess little Edie and it must be big and the Edie. other one <laughs> it must be big and, <laughs> and they were little Edie's. Edie's. it was it was the mom anyway we don't have to get into Grey Gardens but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> like long really cool history and so I grew up kind of like enamored of this you know artistic thing I always I didn't know what I wanted to do but I knew I wanted yeah. to do something creative and so I finally got the opportunity to play I think it was two years ago yeah um, and I got there and it was very much a boys club. And when I say boys, I mean, it's you know, old, old, old men, men who have <laughs> been doing this crew. for decades and they had their lineup already. They took it very seriously. They wanted to win. So only the good players could play. And Carl Bernstein. Isn't this for um, charity? Yes. Fucking joke. <laughs> uh, so like, you know, they, they would hit, but then they couldn't always run because they're, <laughs> they're so advanced in age. And so I got the opportunity to pinch run. I was not allowed to hit. I would have taken that baseball bat and hit him on the shin. This was the second year that I played. The first year that I played, I was not actually put in the game because there were there was another blonde woman who looked somewhat similar to me, uh, and she had been put in. Can't have both. And well, no, they thought we were the same person. No, <laughs> she didn't realize oh that the two blonde women were two different people. So and also, they were you don't ve- feel comfortable <laughs> to speak up because oh yeah, it's so fucking awkward. I was by far the youngest person there. I didn't really know yeah. any like two people. And there are people you respect, like Carl. Bernstein did all yeah. the reporting on Watergate. Like, he yeah. broke Watergate. <laughs> it's insane. <laughs> he broke my heart too. Yeah. <laughs> I also would argue, going back a little to like being weird and stuff, that people reach out to me and they're like, "Oh, like, do you have any advice for like getting mm-hmm. followers or getting successful or like a TV career?" And I'm like. You got to be unique. Beers. And the only yeah. way to be unique is, is to be, be yourself. Because there's nobody else. To look, like how many fashion bloggers are exactly the same? How many Billy McFarlands are out there? A shit ton. A shit ton. Like Billy McFarland is only fascinating because he went so far with it. But it's like you're just being 
a, one of the billions of douchebags. No one actually knows who Billy McFarlane is. Totally. He's For just. The, I mean, a, I think Elon Musk cat. is just Billy McFarlane with a little more money. But <gasps> whoa, bold statement, Gabrielle. I'm happy to expand. I will just say Ooh, about I'm about the game. Um, oh, yeah. I stuck it out and I kind of kept myself visu- like visible in mm-hmm. it. And and this year they invited me to join the board. So now Woo! that's amazing. No, you, it, it you didn't get ticked off, and yeah. you showed like I am supposed to be here, and I'm not going to make a scene. And it's about educating. The only way you could educate someone to show like women mm-hmm. deserve to be in the same place is by being you and staying there. Yeah. Good for you. And now I can invite other women to join and kind of diversify it a little bit. That's totally. how change happens. Yeah. yeah. We have to lift each other up. That's a thing too is I just see people like other women that like they think that there can only be one woman in the room because that's how we've been treated. And so they're like, okay, I'm going to take that other woman down because I want to be the woman in the room. You guys, we got to bring each other up. Yeah, it's it's the way that society has treated us and our parents have treated us. You have a really interesting dynamic with your parents. Mm. Um, Your dad was your coach, Mm -hmm. but also your mom taught you how to give a (laughs) blowjob. Whoa. So she got she got mad at me because I wouldn't say my mom taught me how to give a blowjob, but I just remember sitting on my mom bra- gave you a blowjob. My mom gave me a blowjob. <laughs> um, we have a unique relationship. Yeah. But I was sitting on our like brownstone on the stoop mm-hmm. in Brooklyn, and I remember I must have been like fourteen, and I'm the oldest daughter. I'm the firstborn. I don't have like an older sister to tell me this shit. Yeah. And I was a tennis player. I wasn't like out in the clubs, you know, doing heroin like my other friends. Just kidding. That's not what Brooklyn kids do. By the way, Some she said they doing do heroin and then mime smoking a joint. The girl <laughs> does not know how to do heroin. <laughs> I know. I was smoking a cigarette. Oh. While I was doing heroin. Oh, great. <laughs> Even better. I was like, I don't know how to smoke a joint. Um, but long story short, I remember being like, what's a blowjob? I didn't. I also was like, what's being horny? Like, I thought horny meant like you started getting like horns. Yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, and what's a blowjob? And I remember she she was like. She was so cool about it. She was just like, you like suck on their penis. And mm-hmm. I was like, but they pee from that. That's yeah. disgusting. And she like laughed and she's like, I know, but it's like part of like, it makes them feel good. Yeah. And she's like, you suck on it like a lollipop. Uh-huh. She said she was, she was the original Lil Wayne. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How old were you when you asked? I was, I mean, I wasn't young. I was probably like 14 or 15 okay. or and 13. Th- in that conversation, was she like, also there's a thing that guys can do to girls to make them feel good no no yeah did she tell you about masturbating no no i actually orgasmed from a guy first my first boyfriend when i was 17 he played on the boys tennis team with me so we had this cool relationship where like he was my doubles partner so he really respected me like in sports and we would just like want to hang out after matches and like couldn't stop talking and having fun next you know we start kissing and then like we didn't even have sex, but like he was like a good friend yeah. and I was like into him. So we had this cool thing and like he started like he would like finger me and like my legs would shake and I wouldn't know what was happening. And like eventually I think it happened. Um, but I didn't masturbate till college because uh-huh. I took a sex education class at the University of Wisconsin no where way. they basically talked about it scientifically. They were like, if you stimulate the clitoris enough you will hit a height and that like it was very mathematical yeah and I was like okay and I literally went home and something I like saw turned me on like something on Facebook there was like a like sexy like video someone making out or something and I was like a little turned on I remember I went to my bunk bed and I just (laughs) and I literally did it 
Like it just happened. And top or bottom bunk? We need a visual. Top, very <laughs> top. So it was kind of dangerous. Yeah, you could have squirted down onto the, your roommate. I also, <laughs> I also, squ- if we're getting into this, I squirted for the first time this year. Whoa! By myself. How? Congrats. By myself. Congratulations. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> I could never come from. I still have never vaginally orgasmed from sex. A lot of people won't. But I realize that if I stimulate my clitoris and I like use a toy uh-huh. at the same time yeah and i orgasm together i have like a vaginal clitoral thing happen yeah and i squirted the thing that made me had my first internal orgasm i talk about this all the time was this toy from sweet vibrations um it's called the uh perfect match it does internal and external stimulation it's like amazing um they are sponsoring us all this hell yeah this season um so if you guys want your own sex toys go to sweetvibes.toys and use our promo code how come for uh 15% off an already very affordable line of toys um i was really frustrated when i started this podcast um that like i used a certain sex toy that costs a lot of money and a lot of the people writing in would be like yeah i can't you know, spend my next six months savings on a sex toy that I don't even know if it's going to work for me. Like this is really difficult. Um, the girl's best friend is a very similar toy to that toy. And it's only like in like 40 to $50, maybe 30 to 50. Yeah. Um, I don't know the exact, but it's like way cheaper. I'm way happier to sell this stuff. Um, they also have a vibrator called the tulips and vibrator called the pixie and pixie is like kind of shaped like a little, uh, I don't know, like a, like when your fingers do a pinch motion. So you can like stimulate your nipples. You can stimulate like your anus. You could do anything. Um, so if you guys want your own sex toys for way more affordable price, they also, they're on Amazon too. If you're out of the country, a lot of people have asked that. You won't be able to use our promo code, um, but you will get access to these toys. Um, but if you do want to use the promo code and you're in the US, um, go to sweetvibes.toys and use promo code HOWCOME. Um, oh yeah, and the girl's best friend is forty nine ninety nine. But you're getting two for one because <laughs> it has the suction part. Yep. But also a vibrating can, handle. Yeah, it's, it's great. Yeah. It sounds affordable. It's affordable. <laughs> um, that's like what a fuckable would be in the good place. Yeah. Mm. Totally. <laughs> yeah. Affordable. What a show. Gab, you were an only child. So it's not like you were learning about sex from older siblings either. Like what did what was your relationship like with your parents and talking about it? Um, we didn't really talk about it, but I was a super precocious kid. My mom has a story about how when I was like maybe 10 or 11 years old or even younger, she brought me to Borders, RIP, and told me <laughs> like, don't go in this section. And yeah. She lost me and she knew exactly where to find me. (laughs) She came down and I was like halfway through Valley of the Dolls. So I taught myself a lot of kind of life lessons that I then had to unlearn (laughs) to have a healthy life. Um, But also, you know, the age that we came up in, I I told you before, but like the first porn that I ever saw was Paris Hilton's sex tape. Yeah. Which was at a very formative age. So appropriate for you. Like just like celebrity (laughs) scandal. Yeah. (laughs) And, you know, I learned what a blowjob was from reading the Star Report. Mm -hmm. Um, And and so I I also I think like the mid aughts and, and early aughts was like a weird time for how women were presented as sexual objects. Totally. Um, and so I definitely like knew what everything was, but it took me a long time to realize that like that wasn't actually 
like on the emotional side yeah. not how yeah, it's hard when be. you're young because you're so raw and like not sexualized yet but then you're told that in the future you become a sex kitten yeah and you're kind of like what Mm-hmm. Or you see like Britney Spears was and like Christina Aguilera and Mandy Moore, like they were all packaged little sex symbols, but also had to maintain this facade that they weren't sexual. So I just I actually just read um, a biography of Britney Spears because I'm so fascinated by this whole free yeah. Britney thing. Yeah. Um, and that was like, I mean, that was her whole image. They wanted her to be this kind of like the virgin and the whore at the same time and mm-hmm. let people kind of cast their own you know, aspersions of who she was. And and by keeping her virginal, they were able to kind of market her for that long. Yeah. Um, if they had just put her out as like kind of like a pop tart, I think her career would have been over yeah. much earlier. So but, fascinating. Yeah. But then like her and Justin break up and suddenly it's like, Well, Brittany blew Fred Durst and we're like, Wait, what? I didn't even <laughs> I didn't even know that she was fucking, like, let alone blowing Fred Durst. Like <laughs> And Fred Durst is so not like commercial hot boyfriend. Right. But th- and then we were all supposed to think, Oh, well, she's gross for doing that, but like go ahead, go blow Fred Durst. Yeah. Like be who be into whoever you're into. That was a huge thing for me too, is like, you know, I kept my virginity like I lost my virginity. I kept it under wraps for a year because I was embarrassed of the guy that I was doing it with that people were like, he's not smart enough. You're not dating. He's not hot enough, um, whatever. And I was like, well, if I'm going to be validated by my relationship with a man and the man that I'm with isn't good enough, then I shouldn't talk about this sex. I had a weird kind of like dueling issue where it's like I, I wanted to wait to be you know in a relationship with someone or, or hooking up, not dating someone yeah. who I was into and I wanted it to be kind of a special experience but I also every I was a senior in high school when I lost my virginity but everyone I knew had lost their virginity before me and I almost felt like there was something wrong with me yeah. like why aren't I having sex everyone else is were you like horny for sex like were you ready that way no it was it was like a life goal like I wanted to get my period have sex you I, know lose my baby teeth <laughs> <laughs> I actually wanted to break a bone too like, <laughs> I did too it was too. the same kind of thing it was like a checklist yeah. I felt like that was what becoming an adult was all about yeah never had a cast did you have a cast no but I did break my humorous bone and it was not fucking funny at all <laughs> but they put me in a sling lame but it was like a keeping up with the joneses kind of thing yeah like, i gotta be doing it like why not only do you have to look like the joneses act like the joneses you gotta fuck like the joneses when you're younger a year seems like a century yeah. like imagine if nowadays people are like oh i did this at 25 and you're 26 you need to catch up like years now are going by like way too quickly totally. but back then if, if like my friend was 13 and got her nose pierced it was like <gasps> if i don't get my nose pierced i'm not gonna be cool when I'm 13. Mm-hmm. I remember shaving my... I actually just read one of my old diaries because um, we had a flood in this apartment this week. It's been a week. Mm. Um, and my diaries all sit in a plastic bag under my bed. Thank God for the plastic bag. Um, Genius but of you. I was reading in my diary. Uh, I'm nine years old. It's fourth grade. And I'm like... I went to camp and I shaved my legs and now I feel like a woman. And it's like, what is this nine-year-old? Why does she think she has to be a woman? You're nine. I remember my friend who was like 11. Some guys were like, she shaves her legs and wears a thong. And it's so funny. To this day, 
I like I have thongs. I don't wear thongs. <laughs> I wear granny panties. I also I have a doodle wear. of the first thong I ever wore in seventh grade. I said, this is what my butt looked like. I'm going to post these on the Instagram. <laughs> oh you guys can see a few of my diary pages. Um, but after the flood, a lot of you guys wrote in about how concerned you were for me and Grace and my Helix mattress, which I thought was hilarious because I guess I've talked about it too much on this podcast, <laughs> but I'm going to do it again. <laughs> okay. So as I was saying, the Helix mattress is safe and we are happy because it is the best mattress in the world. Um, it has completely changed my life. There was one night this week I woke up and I was in a really cranky mood. And Charlotte's like, where did you sleep last night? And I was like, <laughs> at Ben's house. And she's like, go <laughs> home to your Helix. Because um, literally it's it's changed how I sleep. It changed my It's like the best. I don't even eat in my bed anymore because I like respect my bed. Um, wow. Which just makes me more of an adult, I think. Um, but if you guys want your own Helix sleep mattress, you got to get one. Um, it, they've got a two-minute sleep quiz that matches you to your perfect mattress based on your body type and your sleep preferences. The mattresses are customized to your unique needs. No more compromising on a mattress that wasn't designed for you. They even make mattresses for couples with different preferences. They split the mattress down the middle to meet each person's need and sleep style. And they have a 10-year warranty, and you can try the mattress for 100 nights risk-free. And they'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it. But as I've always said, I know you will. Um, so if you want your own Helix Sleep mattress, go to helixsleep.com slash howcome. Take their two-minute sleep quiz, and it, you'll have the best time. Um, right now, Helix is offering up to $125 off all mattress orders. So get up to $125 off at helixsleep.com slash howcome. Again, that is helixsleep.com slash howcome for up to $125 off your mattress order. Also, like Helix Sleep mattresses are the best for fucking Yep. <laughs> it's true. They've literally gotten awards for that. Yep. <laughs> so Gabby and I, we were talking before and she had like kind of a Freudian slip that like she was like, yeah, we were both hooking up with that guy or whatever. And we weren't both hooking up with that guy. They were friends. But we there were was two up guys that friends. we were hooking up with. That's fun. But it reminded me of our story of a different type of competition <laughs> do you have the same taste in guys no i don't think so now we no, were just very think, competitive yeah and like and we had the same group of friends it was a very small circle yeah like there was only one guy who was like the right guy to hook up with or whatever yeah. you know it was like you got to get that one but yeah before you know what your type is and you're just like he looks like chad michael murray mm -hmm. yeah like you know how you were saying you only hook up with like or you were joking mm -hmm. that you only hook up with really tall like i used to keep a um an excel spreadsheet of all the people i'd hook up with and i would talk about like or like their major in college their height um oh like my God. height like was like a exactly that's so funny um but yeah so before i established my type which is very different from gabby's we had a crush on the same boy and we were like what do we do <laughs> and i was like well why don't we play puppy which is like, you know, when you put a puppy in the middle of a room and you see who he goes to, who he likes. But you just like have to have a puppy. No. I, I wish it had had a puppy. <laughs> I feel like that would have been a much a better time. A puppy would have been much more so you're fun. Saying, the boy was the puppy. You're saying the we fight to the death we, and see who he wants. Or like, yeah, we and both then we sacrifice the puppy on a funeral pyre. Mm, I love that. <laughs> Burn him on the stake. Oh, yeah. Um, but like, like you've got two girls on the show who are interested in the same guy right now on Summer House. Mm. You like, know, it's funny. And they kind of said, oh, well, we'll just see who he likes. And yeah, it's tough. I mean, from my perspective, when we got in the house, there's clearly only like one dude that was fuckable and that was Carl. And like yeah. he was tall. And I could tell there was a moment where like he was like talking to me and yeah, Paige. Yeah. Like people know this, but the second week we were in the hot tub and he was like, do you want to make out? And I was like. I don't think so. But I remember that knowing like she thought he was hot. I thought he was kind of hot. 
And I, I just like really thought about it. And I was like, if he like comes for me, then like I'll consider it. Yeah. But like, I'm not going to fight for this. Cause I deep down know that like, I don't really have chemistry with Carl. Sure. It's hard when you're that young, but it's like, you really want to think deeply. Like, is this me being competitive just cause he's hot and I want attention? Yeah. Or like, do I actually think we're good together? It was definitely the former for us. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, had a interesting experience. I was dating my freshman year, a freshman hockey guy, like mm-hmm. two weeks in, we're like making out. He thinks I'm cute. I'm on the tennis team. It was like perfect. I'm like, college is amazing. But it's t- in tennis season, you leave to play tournaments every weekend. And I had this made a new best friend also. We were married on Facebook. Her name was like Emily or some shit. And we looked very <laughs> It's um, complicated. So he, te- he, no, she, he texts me and goes, hey, like we're having this like crazy hockey party. Um, can you come? And I was like, no, I have a tournament this weekend. Then I got a text from Emily saying, hey, um, John asked me to like go to the party. Is that cool? And I'm like, yeah, it's like a big hockey party. Like they invite as many girls as they can. Like go have fun. Second week, we were playing ping pong together and I invited her to come and he brought his friend and they were like kind of flirting. I saw them exchange numbers, but like he was mine. Like we'd been hooking up for two weeks. Mm -hmm. It was a big deal (laughs) on campus. So then she texts me and goes, I made out with John. She single oh. white four-handed you. You said it, bitch. You said it. So <laughs> me and my other friend are like, we need to sit her down. And we, I remember sitting her down at the cafeteria freshman year. And I was like, look, I really like you as a friend. And you choosing this like disgusting hockey dude who's just going to dump you in a second because he's a freshman hockey player over our friendship is like so fucked up. And I like am not a dramatic person, but I remember being like, I hope this shit is real. Yeah. Because you just lost a friendship yeah. over a makeout with this hockey dude. Long story short is um, they got married and have children. Oh. Wow. All right. So she's excused. But like part of me thinks they stayed together in spite of me. <laughs> I, mean, I would probably see them did. out. I'd see them out and I'd be really drunk and we all went to like the same sports bar and I'd be like, you're welcome. And they like, we never like talked it out. <laughs> but I'd be, drunk. I'd be like, you're welcome. Yeah, you're sitting together. You're welcome. But um, long story short <laughs> is that, yeah, like make sure there's something there and you can never be for you sure be, sure yeah. i mean I'm a, i've always been wrong to this point in my but life you can yeah know your own <laughs> but, but at least have butterflies at least have something in common don't get it competitive and don't let it affect your ego if a guy chooses another girl over you like for a second i was like a little annoyed that carl was like getting so obsessed with Paige, and i'm like carl i'm your type too like i'm athletic funny mm-hmm. brunette whatever you mm-hmm. want but then i was like oh like Carl and I are brother and sister. We wouldn't work out. It would like, be terrible. And he has anger issues and that would trigger me. And there were so many. So like, don't, that's why like, it's not fi- trying to find the best person, which is what we would argue earlier. Yeah. Like finding someone who's like Billy McFarland on paper. Yeah. <laughs> it's finding the, person the one who's for, right you. for you. And the only way you know you're you is if you're being your weird self. Otherwise you'll attract the wrong men. Da da ding, da da doom. Exactly. So I would love to talk about someone on your show who is not doing that at all. I would love to talk about I him as well. I think it's a perfect time. Which yeah. is Jordan. What is the deal with that? So Jordan's confusing because he's one of those guys who like has an app and like he's from a southern military family moved to new york city like models most he's, eligible I know, guy because on he hinge. mentions it every episode yeah, just <laughs> ask him okay this is the problem with most el- eligible guy on hinge just like my two cents of what's happening we worked at betches together betch had a betches had a partnership with hinge he ah. was friends with the hinge's marketing person the app never broke he maybe got five followers from the article. Hilarious. Let's move on. So, like, also but, Kyle said he's been 
uh, met most eligible bachelor on an app roundup like many yeah, like times. It's a, like, this isn't, it's, a, yeah. it's a very like Billy McFarlane kind of thing where you make up a fake accolade and then make that your identity. Totally. Yeah. And he's someone who I think has created this facade that like he works so hard on to the point that I think he doesn't know who he is right now. Mm-hmm. And reality TV is making him go through this like interesting self-discovery and he's such a sweet nice person but i feel like he's trying to come off really cool and he doesn't know how to do that so he's just coming <laughs> off as a douchebag like he's like i mean oh three girls like pages a lamborghini danielle's a rental car i'm like bro like Whoa, you're 30 was, years old that made me so mad you and i were in the hamptons when we saw that yeah like, this fucking yeah. guy and then punch the screen it's, it's one of those things where there's so many people i think you get addicted to lying yeah so once you lie a little you just keep going and you yeah and you love like you'd rather get attention for lying than who you really are well because that's what's been feeding your ego more you know this is a great mark twain quote um but the man who doesn't lie doesn't have to remember anything he said Mm -hmm. oh i just got chills right (laughs) so like if you can just be yourself you don't have to think about everything you ever said in your life which i think is really clogging up jordan's brain is like what is my storyline how many girls did i make out with what that night what was my first time story where a girl licked my when he's telling his first time story holy shit this is so good this is so good for this podcast i don't understand i've been trying to imagine he says that that he was also in a top bunk he was in top bunk he had sex and then the girl was giving him a blowjob first of all when have you ever <laughs> finished fucking a dude and then been like, let me put your dick, your soft dick they in my mouth? Do <laughs> they it don't doesn't even do happen. that in porn because it's so unreal. <laughs> also, <laughs> also, if he also just, it's no one's what fetish. Girl, <laughs> what girl after a guy's come wants to give him a blowjob? And then lick his ass. And then lick his asshole. <laughs> and then he kicks her off and apparently broke her nose, which is like definitely the story from 40-year-old virgin. <laughs> yeah. So everyone was just like, What? What's great is for people listening to this podcast, I'll give you a little teaser, mm. but he, he starts claiming there's a reason he's been lying about stuff and it's something stemming with sex. Uh-huh. I, I can take so, a wild like, guess. You can like tune in to see what happens and we can talk about it later. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I have my theories. Yeah. Are people you saying have their theories. the truth is going to come out later? Possibly not. Oh. Well, that either was, way, that like that was a pun. <laughs> that was a good pun. Oh, I see what you did. I did it I, before, I but what, then you pointed it out. <laughs> you, you know, a joke is really good when you have to explain yeah, it to everyone. You know, your friend is really high when she doesn't get a gay joke. <laughs> but Gabby but, and I were watching yeah. that episode, and we're sitting out in the Hamptons, mm-hmm. and we were like, "You know, he's lying because he keeps telling." He tells the story, he doesn't get the reaction because the story's not so great or whatever. And then he's like, oh, let me add this other part. So she's blowing me. That gets no reaction. So then she licks my asshole, no reaction from the team. And then I kick her actual nose as opposed to her not actual nose. <laughs> also, like, <laughs> like how words. flexible is this? I was, I've been trying to figure out physically, like, how you would kick a girl in the nose while she's licking your asshole. And that just, <laughs> I, like, does his leg bend over backwards? Is he, like, a Pilates instructor? <laughs> can we talk about your first orgasm? I can talk generally about it. It's been really interesting for me to watch you on this journey because I don't really talk about sex. Yeah, and we've talked and we about didn't. this. Yeah, even at the time that we were having it, we yeah. like we talk about it as like like a I did um, it. Not even I did it. It's like it was more about like the guy, like oh I got this guy. Like yeah. and that that's that's I think 
if I were going to do a podcast, my, my thing is more about the emotional side of yeah. it. Mm. Um, you know, physically, like orgasming was never like a big journey for me. I, I could just do it um, by myself. I was probably like 14 or 15 um, you by myself. Brag, but like, okay. <laughs> uh, I, I, didn't, I didn't start when I first started having sex. I was probably in my early 20s. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just, it was always like, it, it wasn't a big deal. But like emotionally being ready for sex yeah. and, mm-hmm. you know, handling it, that was like something yeah. I struggled with. Um, and it took me a while to realize like, no, like I, I, I'm, I'm like, I don't, I don't like to go along with the crowd, but I very much actually am a relationship girl. And it took me a while to kind of recognize and realize Mm -hmm. that because I, you know, we were talking about this before where it's like, I like to be like, oh, I don't care. Like nothing bothers me, but I did care and things really bothered me and accepting that, um, made a big difference in my dating life. I don't enjoy sex without emotion. Yeah. Me neither. I really don't. I really don't. It's like he's masturbating with your vagina. Well, I can enjoy it in the moment, but then after I'm like, ugh, like what? I don't. This yeah, what I yeah. want. But even during it, I have like thoughts. I'm like, I know. I have thoughts. I have That's thoughts. what I've got some notes. Yeah, like- I wrote some minutes after this <laughs> session. <laughs> I have some notes. <laughs> um, well, you guys, Call this, to order. Mm-hmm. this has been a blast. I wish it could go on forever. I know. Um, I'm obviously going to put some extras on Patreon because we've been talking for V long and I owe the listeners some extras. Uh, so this will be a nice long one for you guys. Go to patreon.com slash how come for those um where can our listeners find you oh, yeah go to at being burns b-e-i-n-g-b-e-r-n-z on instagram twitter um and then listen to my podcast burning in hell mm-hmm. it's amazing it's about mental health and yeah. you can also B-E-R-N. watch her on summer house mondays 10 p.m or just go to bravotv.com and get all the goods yeah gabrielle bluestone where can our listeners find you uh you can find me on instagram at g bluestone i just had to check my instagram to make sure you knew <laughs> the handle that's adorable um and i have a book coming out in 18 months so keep your eyes peeled for hype inside the golden age of grift yes that's very exciting um, ladies i have to ask this to you at the end of every podcast and sexual experience hannah burner did you finish oh i came so hard okay great gabby bluestone did you finish I'm not going to lie. I could keep going, but I'm good. Okay. (laughs) Then maybe we keep going. I don't know. Check it out on Patreon and see how long we went. Um, Charlotte Casimir, did you finish? I I always do when I'm here. Did you? I I didn't. I really didn't. I just want to stay here and talk all day. Um, So maybe we'll just record some more extras for the Patreon. Patreon.com slash how come. And yeah, you guys... Thank you for coming. (laughs) Thank you for having me. (laughs) (laughs) And we'll see you next time or at the live show. Bye. 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 It's not you, it's me. I try so hard to finish honestly. They say you'll know when you go all the way from A right down to O. Oh, no. I think that I still got a ways to go. Oh, I'm sick of this and I have got to know. How come? How come? How come I can't achieve? How come I can't achieve? I'm rolling up my sleeves. I'm rolling up my sleeves. Oh, baby, I believe these guests can help. Cause I can't do it by myself. I wanna just. Like, I used to think when I would bring guys back to my studio apartment, I would be like, 
make sure not to talk to Grace in that voice that you do. Like they'll be <laughs> so shine. Mr. Pizza Chine. Oh, I love that I, voice. I walk around and Ben is also Mr. Pizza Chine. You know, <laughs> and if he wasn't Mr. Pizza Chine, I couldn't be re- like I couldn't be. I'm telling myself. you, I mm-hmm. fucked up before. I was in a relationship with a guy that I was like my I was very goal oriented like I want to win this and I'm like I will trap his ass and I and he like would tell me stories about his exes and I'm like noted don't do that don't do that don't do that don't do that and my list was just like a do not do list and you know me like I'm just very like let it out so I was just like walking on eggshells all the time and he was falling in love and he he wanted to move in with me and then one day I was like I hate myself with you and that's what happened so like literally first date tell him you love cats tell him you love astrology (laughs) tell him that like you need lactate pills all the time like tell him because it just you'll save yourself nine months lactate not lactate in case oh yeah i say lactate all the time (laughs) lactate (laughs) (laughs) you just start spouting milk and he loves it (laughs) open your mouth buddy um can i get the cow for free Ooh, I love your little side comments. Thank you. <laughs> so glad to have an outlet for them finally. Oh yeah, people appreciate it. 